All right, welcome back to Mortgage Genomics. I'm your host, Marco Gello. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in Alberta and BC. If you are from either of these provinces and require any mortgage-related services, please do not hesitate to contact me. Uh, call or text me right now at 604-800-9593. That's 604-800-9593. All right, firstly, um, I just want to say I hope uh, everyone's doing well. You know, it's been about seven or eight weeks that we've been living in this lockdown, quarantine state, whatever you want to call it. To me, it reminds me a lot about a a book I read uh, when I was, I don't know, many years ago. Uh, George Orwell, 1984, right? It's kind of like that, like all the social distancing, the masks, hand sanitizer, you know, the government handouts, all that stuff, right? So just total weirdness. And um, yeah, can't wait till it goes away. Everything is just weird. And I need a haircut big time. Anyhow, life goes on, right? Uh, there are no new Marco Gello Garage Band creations this episode. So, yeah, it's been pretty busy working on uh, all your mortgage applications. And uh, like everyone, you know, I'm doing my own little home projects, working on the, the, working on the home, the land, right? Painting the house. And I'm at that sanding stage, which is ugh, sanding. Sanding sucks. So I'm scraping and sanding. Almost done. Ready to put the primer coat on there. And uh, and then uh, hopefully get a nice coat of paint on there. And then, of course, the lawn, right? Vancouver lawns. If uh, you, You'll know what I'm talking about if you're from Vancouver. And if you're not from Vancouver, it's, um, yeah, this little, little tiny weenie bastard of a beetle. Uh, it's a Schaefer beetle. And uh, yeah, it destroys lawns. So um, uh, my lawn is a victim of the Schaefer beetle. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's been a grind. So that's a constant ever going thing that we're uh, trying to repair. So hopefully this summer, this spring will be the spring summer that uh, the lawn is um, fully rehabilitated. Um, Yeah, so I haven't had too much time to work on my tunes um, because of all this stuff going on. But uh, I have been working on tunes, but just haven't been able to finish them. So here's just a little taster sample of a tune that I'm working on. And it's, uh, it's inspired or influenced by uh, the Pixies, Frank Black and the Pixies. And uh, yeah, one of my favorite bands dating way back, you know, in the 90s, late 80s. Um, yeah, check it out. So yeah, that's just a little little preview there, and um, yeah, pretty much got all the instrumental tracks done, but uh, yeah, not sure if I'm going to keep it as an instrumental song or add vocals or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's that. So today, I want to talk about the impact of COVID-19 on mortgage qualification and the overall financial system in Canada to date. And like what has happened since life as we knew it changed. And I'm talking 
impact in terms of not only interest rate pricing, but other items like mortgage qualification? You know, is it easier to qualify during and post COVID-19? Is it always the, the, what it was? Is it the same? Or is it tougher as a result of COVID-19? And regarding our overall financial system, is it okay? Or is it on the verge of a collapse? You know, I, and let's start there. The Canadian financial system is alive and well. You know, it's definitely not on the verge of collapse. And when I say financial system, by the way, throughout this episode, I'm primarily referring to the mortgage markets and uh, all the back-end operations and infrastructure that support and drive it. Um, I'm by no means an expert on financial policy. So get that right out of the way. And, you know, the back-end operation stuff, more so that. But I can definitely give you an idea in layman terms as to the state of the industry as, number one, mortgages are one of the massive ingredients that feed into it, our financial system. And number two, the high-level policies and other fine-tuning financial instrument kind of thing adjustments that are made by the government and the financial Canadian regulatory bodies, they those changes, all that stuff trickles all the way down to the guidelines that mortgage brokers like myself have to abide by in the form of mortgage qualification guidelines. So for me personally, I am always very interested and intrigued when I receive these various lender guideline changes and announcements. Um, I always try to read between the lines and explore you know, why is this policy being introduced and why at this time and, uh, and where it's coming from? So, for example, as a result of the 2008-2009 financial crisis, um, significant adjustments were made to mortgage qualification guidelines in an attempt to um, save or maintain, uh, preserve the system and control its input. But more importantly to control the outcome and thinking back right now the the changes um, at the time were perceived as quite radical for sure Um, but thinking now they they were they were logical and required because uh back then you know the the amortizations were available up to 40 years and uh, they've since been scaled down to 25 years where they are right now for high ratio mortgages. And, uh, and 30, 30 year amortizations are still available, but uh, for conventional mortgages. In uh, 2008, refinancing began its descent from uh, 95% loan to value uh, to where it is today um, at 80% loan to value. You used to be able to borrow up to 95% of your property's value for for a mortgage refinance. Like imagine if, if we allowed that to carry through 10 years ago. Uh, modifications were made to the minimum down payment requirements. Uh, the minimum still remains at 5%, but for the portion of your, of your purchase price up to 500,000, right? So 5% up to 500,000, but for the amount that exceeds 500,000, it's uh, 10%, okay? 
Uh, then there's the 2% stress test that came into effect, first introduced to high ratio mortgages in 2016, um, then later forced upon conventional mortgages in 2018. And this was and still continues to be massive. So all of what I just mentioned, it's, it's important to note that these changes didn't happen overnight. In fact, they happen progressively and gradually over a period of 10 years. Okay, Two things here that essentially saved us from ourselves that I, I want to point out. And had we not made these changes over the last 10 years, we, we would be in a much different predicament right now, and especially in this environment. Number one, and I'm not being political when I use this word. So number one, the general conservative nature of Canadians, regardless of which government party is in power, we are generally conservative in our free market. Um, we're not as flashy and relentless as our neighbors to the south. Um, we are noticeably more cautious and calculated. And this conservative nature was reflected in the changes we made to our lending policies. Um, the time to withdraw from loose lending guidelines was correct, in my opinion. It was shocking and hard at the time, but it was correct. And more importantly, the what many at the time believed were overkill, the policies introduced to curtail lending, I believe, were also correct. So the general conservative nature of Canadians, Canadian policymakers, that played a key role in how we, in most parts of Canada, were able to avoid a recession that most of the world was entrenched in, you know, back during or after the financial crisis during. Number two, the Bank of Canada and other financial regulator um, departments in Canada are not affiliated to the party in power or any other political party for that matter. And this is important to know. This enabled policymakers to make hard decisions and implement challenging rules and regulations to our financial system without the influence of voters, politicians, or large corporations. Decisions were made based on financial fundamentals, concepts, models, theories, not voters, politicians, lobby groups, or corporations. And this is where... You can have faith in the saying that uh, we hear more often these days is uh, saving us from ourselves. So we, and please don't take offense to this, we, the majority of Canadians, are the children and the policymakers are the parents. And, and I know parents don't always get it right, but for the most part, their heart is in the right place. Um, and the success of their children is absolutely in their best interest. Because if that child isn't nurtured properly, if not guided in the right direction, if not encouraged to follow smart and disciplined principles, um, that entire family will have to pay in one way or another down the road, you know, when the long-term consequences will be felt. So I know maybe a harsh analogy right there, but to my point. Um, now, that doesn't mean you can't protest or disagree about policies, but this type of power is required in a free democratic capitalist society, especially in one like uh, like ours, which wholeheartedly relies on every single Canadian's ability to spend money and pay taxes, of course. Without your contribution to spend and doing so, you know, spending via financing tools like mortgages, a crucial part of our democratic capitalist ecosystem 
becomes broken, shattered. And if that happens for a prolonged period, um, the consequences are devastating and life-changing for all, everything, our society. Then, yes, we're screwed. So, yeah, pretty important stuff. So to come full circle on this part of my talk um, on the state of the financial system in Canada, it's, it's moving, it's changing, it's hustling, it's doing whatever it takes to uh, preserve its current state. And for the most part, I'm seeing evidence that, that it is succeeding. Um, the forces at power have been doing their part by maintaining liquidity to the Canadian market. Um, I'm not going to get into massive detail here, but you can listen to one of my previous episodes. Uh, it was episode three, why are mortgage rates going up? And you can get some insight into the complexity of mortgage money and where it comes from and, and how it's priced. But for the most part, rates have uh, stabilized in the last couple of weeks and have come back down to uh, near the price they were at when all this madness started. So that's a good sign and mainly for the reason that it is signaling uh, I wouldn't go as far as saying confidence, but more so a less stressful sentiment from the lenders and the investors. And as, as to how much lower rates can go, whether it will go even lower or, or even whether we'll see more volatility and to what degree, that all remains to be seen. Uh, yes, yeah, so we'll just have to keep our eyes open for that. And let's end off with uh, mortgage qualification. Has it gotten easier? Has it, uh, has it remained as is or, or has it gotten tougher? At this time, I would say it's generally the same, okay? With the exception of one major, major item, that being income confirmation. Right off the bat, I'll say this. If you are not employed right now and are thinking of inquiring about a mortgage, you can still proceed to do so, but expect a condition in your mortgage for you to be employed prior to the mortgage funding. So basically, you can get approved for a mortgage, but it won't fund until you have returned to work. Um, however, there are ways, there are always other channels and pathways, uh, some less desirable in the form of higher interest rates, of course, and uh, others more simply document-intensive Um yeah, just documents required to verify alternative means to income, um, like perhaps your liquid assets, your net worth. And unfortunately, any sort of government income assistance you may be receiving as a result of COVID is not deemed to be eligible qualification income as far as mortgages are concerned. Other than that, there haven't been any large-scale deployments of mortgage qualification guidelines to speak of, right? So as it stands today, um, self-employed people can still qualify as per usual. 5% is still the minimum down payment required up to $500,000 purchase, then 10% on the balance thereafter. Um, there are still mortgages available to finance rental properties. Yes, you can still buy rental properties, 20% down. Um, home equity lines of credit, they're still available and still being approved, right? They go up to 65% loan to value. Um, the minimum credit threshold to qualify, it's still the same. You know, the minimum recommended beacon score is 600. The, um, the debt servicing ratios are still the same as they, they've always been as well. 
So with the exception of a couple of um, qualification programs being temporarily pulled back, uh, and even some being reintroduced, like just recently, one of the bigger banks in Canada decided to relaunch its permanent resident program, um, which allows borrowers to qualify based on their assets and net worth rather than their income. And this is a pretty aggressive kind of boom time kind of mortgage program. And um, this type of pullback and relaunching of mortgage qualification programs um, has and always will occur um, in good times and bad. So most of the time, it's simply done without any announcement to the general public. It happens so often that it's simply challenging to uh, manage the constant flow of information within the actual mortgage industry, never mind the general public. So as far as mortgage qualification goes, everything is functioning as it was prior to COVID-19, again, with the exception of only whether the applicant is still employed or not. And the exceptions here are quite limited and understandably so, um, subject to the applicant providing confirmation in the form of an employment letter with a return to work day. So not too many changes at all, but I, I want to be clear on one thing. The uh, the process to qualify will definitely make you feel like it's it's tougher, <laughs> But this will likely be um, because of, of uh, you know, the multiple documents lenders are requesting of you. Um, and this hasn't been because of COVID-19. The, the need for extra documents and extra due diligence has been in effect for a few years already. So if you've qualified for a mortgage in the past three to five years, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's no secret. It, it can be a tedious, royal pain in the ass for sure. But it, it's not unfair. It's not impossible. It's not discriminatory. Um, it is available. And back to the general conservative nature of Canadian policymakers that I talked about earlier, um, you can bet that there are qualification criteria and and that they are absolutely reasonable and, and necessary. Okay, so, but keep in mind going forward, um, Remember all the changes we've made in the last 10 years to bring us where we are today. The, the tough bones mortgage application process you know, of the past. On the bright side, think about how much and how significantly we have pulled back and tightened things up over the years, over the last 10-year period. On the flip side, we are in a very healthy position um, to loosen up as we have a like humongous amount of slack to unwind. So what we've done in the past will now serve us well into the future um, as we rebound our way out of this. And who knows, maybe extended amortizations can be reintroduced. You know, maybe we can seep back up to 35 years, 40 years and beyond. Perhaps now is the time to refinance, uh, to maybe reduce the stingy stress test guidelines maybe we can begin to consider gradual home refinance increases from 80 percent to to maybe 85 percent and and that's what i mean by there's a lot of slack to unwind as a result of our stinginess in the past 10 years the discipline changes and compromises we made from the past 10 years could now potentially become the tools of today that we use to recover and rebound um, out of whatever financial environment is upon us. 
And one final thought to leave you on. I recently read an excerpt from uh, one of uh, the newsletters from Todd Hirsch. He's a vice president and chief economist of Alberta's largest credit union, ATB, Alberta Treasury Branch. And he said that there are a number of reasons to be excited for a post-COVID world. Um, But there's one that really caught my eye and makes a lot of sense. Um, The COVID pandemic, he says, will accelerate the fourth industrial revolution. After the mechanical revolution of the 1800s, the electrical revolution of the 1900s, the digital revolution of the 60s, this fourth revolution will transform our economy into the cyber revolution, uh, a world of artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain technology, and virtual reality. I don't really place a lot of faith in predictions and forecasts, but I got to say, like, this one makes sense to me. Anyhow, just something to leave you to ponder as I uh, conclude this episode. And that's all I got for today. So call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all, especially if you are in Alberta or British Columbia, as I am a licensed uh, mortgage broker to service these specific provinces. And especially if you are from Calgary, Edmonton, or Vancouver, as I am very familiar with these markets. Call or text me at 604-800-9593. Again, that's 604-800-9593. Or you can visit my website at homefinancingsolutions.ca where you will find my complete contact information and other information. Thank you again for tuning into Mortgage Genomics Canada. Stay well, everyone. Talk to you again soon.